my friends. This is Hetty and Andy coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. How are you, my love? I am great. We had a nice dinner tonight. Yes, we did. At Rembrandt's in Placentia. Oh, it's Placentia? I think it's Placentia, where that's at. It's on Yorba Linda Boulevard, but it's on Placentia. Very nice restaurant. Um, that's one of the first places we went after we got married. Yes, they gave us free wedding cake. Right. It was awesome. Was it the day of? Is that I where we went? Think is, so. is that where we went for our honeymoon? Yes. <laughs> After we got married under the tree. <laughs> yes. Jack's tree. The oak tree. The oak tree. Hey, um, uh, what can people find at our website called resurrectministry.com? Hedia? All kinds of stuff. Hmm. A lot of interesting content to peruse. You could peruse the old shows. You could peruse Andy's Fearless Man podcast. Some cool books we put up there. Patriotic books of God and the foundation of the of this country, the United States. That's where we're broadcasting from. We have overseas listeners, so I should clarify. Yes. And uh, you can also drop us a line. We'd love to hear um, from you, comments you have, prayer requests, whatever it may be. And if you care to donate, there is a donut. A donut. A donut. A donut now button. <laughs> a donate now button. <laughs> and if any of you got our newsletter, please let me know what you thought. Hello, Iris de la Torre. Yay. Yay, you can finally comment. That's because Andy's out of Facebook jail. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am free. I might be on like a, a very, I mean, like be on that parole where I have mm -hmm. like a, a, a tag on my, on you my and leg. Michael Besson. <laughs> right. All right. We're reading from Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon. It's December 17th. The reference is Jeremiah 2-2. 2 which says um, the portion of it that's on here says, I remember the devotion of your youth. Charles says it is worth noticing that Christ delights to think of his church and to look upon her beauty. Just as a bird returns often to its nest and a traveler hurries back home, the mind continually dwells on the choice object of its affection. We can never look too often on the face of a loved one, for we desire to have our precious things continually in our sight. And so it's with our Lord Jesus, for from eternity has been delighting in mankind. Since before time began, his thoughts look forward to the time when his elect would be a, born into the world. That's so cool. And he viewed them through the window of his foreknowledge. Through David, God said, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. And he set up, up boundaries for the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. Before Jesus' incarnation, he actually descended to the earth many times in the likeness of man. Examples of the Son of Man visiting his people are found in the stories of Abraham at Mamre, near Sodom and Gomorrah, Jacob wrestling with God at the Jabuk, Jabuk stream, Joshua at the walls of Jericho, and the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace of Babylon. Because the Lord's soul delighted in them, he could not stay away, for his heart longed for them. Mm. They, never, they were never absent from his heart. And he even engraved them on the palms of his hands, just as the breastplate, 
breastplate bearing the names of the tribes of Israel was the most beautiful ornament worn by the high priest. So the names of Christ's elect are his most precious jewels glittering over his heart. We may often forget to meditate upon the perfections of our Lord, but he never ceases to remember us. Therefore, let us admonish ourselves for our past forgetfulness and pray for the grace to keep him in our fondest memories, remembrances forever. Lord, paint upon the eyes of my soul the image of your son. Wow. There's a lot there. Yes. Um, hello, Carrie News. Hi, Carrie. Nice to see you. Um, I, I like uh, learning about that. And, I, and again, this is just so awesome that I, I did not realize that God had come back, had come to earth even prior to Jesus. The Christophanies. The Christophanies. And that, you know, I, I'm not sure that I ever heard that before in, until Jack said it. Uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs over at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. The Christophanies are the men. The appearing, the appearing of Christ before he manifests in the form of a man. Amen. Um, so sometimes it seems somewhat like a vision. Like in the fire, hmm. he appeared as a man, but they didn't actually speak to him like like Jacob did. Three went in, four were seen seen inside, but only yes. three came out. That that fourth man was just a, an image uh, of a man standing in the fire. Pretty right. pretty awesome, isn't it? Do you think is this something that's only happened in the Old Testament, or do you think that maybe there's some been a Christophanes, you know, even in our time, like yesterday? In your Belinda. <laughs> I mean, That's anywhere. An interesting thought. I just wonder if this is like an Old Testament thing. <laughs> Come on. I have no, How I do really you not have, know? I really have no answer. For, I mean, okay. Let's take the things that we do know. People have heard his voice. People have seen him in dreams and visions. So do you count a vision, which is similar to what is reported in the Old Testament, as a sighting of Christ? I mean, technically, yes. So he does still appear and speak to people, just like he did to Paul. No, I'm not talking about his image on a piece of toast. No, I'm not talking about that either. Okay. I mean, I, we've we've heard. I mean, you know, there's Muslims and, and there's Chinese, there's people all over the world that mm. have had visions of Christ. Yeah, I did. Right. Yeah. So he then he does. I, I didn't. I think I'm so happy I didn't have to wrestle with him. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> And I'm I'm so happy I wasn't in fire, <laughs> having to be rescued from him. There you go. Um, but I've um, stuck myself into a fire of sorts, so I'm glad he rescued me. So I, I look at that as a, as you say, a vision, more so than a Christophanes. Christophany. Christoph or that, yeah, that too. Um, a Christophany. There in the, um, you know, Salt Lake City, Utah, in the hotel. Well, maybe slightly different. Um, I, I'm really interested in, in uh, Kate, who just seems to be going through all kinds of shenanigans. Uh, oh no! She's prayer because she's eaten poison poison spinach. Kate she says there's a health recall, but she ate it for lunch. How did you manage to eat the same spinach that was recalled? <laughs> well, oh, there, Lord. she probably ate it before she realized it had been recalled. Well, we're praying for you, Kate. Uh, in the name of Jesus, absolute complete healing, mm -hmm. uh, Lord. We. We know that you are um, the God of miracles and that you could do this with a single word, with a single word, out. 
poison, the poison to leave Kate's body, Lord, um, and restore her to perfect health. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Maybe you're just supposed to minister to the ambulance drivers, Kate. But let yeah. us know how you are, please. Yeah. She can't sleep. She hasn't been able to sleep. And now, and now this. She's poison spinach. <laughs> My gosh. Unbelievable. Cindy says. I know each of those examples, but never thought about it that way. Well, if you really want to blow your mind, Cindy, last week in uh, the lesson on Hebrews, the link I sent you from Pastor Jack Hibbs, and I've always had this feeling, but he finally affirmed it, that um, when Jesus is referred to as a priest in the order of Melchizedek, that when Abraham, so the only um, priest in the order of Melchizedek, and he's only referenced a couple of times, was when Abraham was tithing, gave money to this priest. And though Abraham was the one that spoke directly to the Lord, instead of this priest giving alms to Abraham, Abraham gave alms to Melchizedek. And so um, there's differing opinions, but Pastor Jack was saying that uh, Melchizedek was actually a Christophany. And that's why he's the only one capable of being in the forever line of forever priesthood because that line never ends, as opposed to Aaron and the Levites, which is the line of priesthoods that failed and suffered, and some of them will come back and some of them won't. Wow. Let's so, get through some of the scripture. We got quite a bit. We got a lot of scripture, but so Spurgeon gave us uh, the entire stories for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and for Jacob Wrestling and I think it's good to read through them because to the extent you don't remember the story or now there's a new context to it being a Christophany, I think it's kind of cool to just read it, sure. don't you? Okay. And there's power uh, in God's word. It's the best of all powers. Uh, Jeremy 2-2. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremy. Wow. Uh, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness through a land not sown. That's God lamenting later on how they choose to worship idols. Proverbs 8.31, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth and my delights were with the sons of men. Psalm 139.16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And I and I want to, can we talk about this for a second? Because mm -hmm. this goes back to what he said in the beginning. And I had this, this imagery um, that I shared with Andy, where uh, Spurgeon says, so since before time began, the Lord, his thoughts looked forward to the time when his elect would be born into the world. And he viewed them through the window of his foreknowledge. And when you think about that, because that's all of us too, that it's almost like, so Andy and I went to the San Diego Museum where there's ginormous uh, man-made uh, train track, which was, was it supposed to be the city of San Diego in the old days? There was a bunch of different, bunch uh, of different cities. Uh, locations, yeah. And so if you think about it, these, you know, miniaturized, miniaturized versions. So there were dozens of men, oh, maybe some women, but they seem to be mostly men, uh, making these tiny little cows and deer and houses and little cars and a little restaurant and i think of that like god is is with his foreknowledge is just waiting to put us on this map of the world and he's like oh wow look at that kate's coming into existence mm -hmm. this is the day she'll be born so it's not just 
these Christophanies where they're doing it to the prophets of the Old Testament, but he does that with each and every one of us, that we are his elect and he's waiting for us to come to earth. And that goes with this scripture from Psalm 139, your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days, not some of the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Mm. That is so awesome. First Samuel 2.8, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sets them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's, on them he has set the world. So it's not just in Genesis where he forms the earth and sets the um, the spirit over, you know, that there was darkness and then the spirit came and then there was light and then there was creatures and then there was Adam and then there was Eve. That's not the only time in which he creates with foreknowledge. He's all of it's created with foreknowledge. Genesis. Okay, so this is the story when Abraham um, is talking to God and God is telling him he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So the Lord appears to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he's sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Oh, no, this is the story of them, of the three visitors telling them they're going to have a child. Sorry, mm. it's before that. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under the tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then you can go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abram hurried into the tent and said, quick, get three sahas of your finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. And then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to the servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf they had prepared and set them before him, before them. While they ate, he stood near them under the tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. <laughs> now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and old and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, well, I really have a child now that I'm old. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she lied and said, I didn't laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Now Abraham pleads for Sodom. And so when the men get up to leave, they look down towards Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I've chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the ways of the Lord by doing what is right and what is just. So the Lord will bring about for Abram what he has promised. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see if that what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. Mm -hmm. Kind of like our day, mm -hmm. outcry to the Lord. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went down towards Sodom and Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there's 50 righteous people in the city? Will you sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. 
will not the judge of all earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in that city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And Abraham spoke up again. Well, so now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number is five less than 50? Will you still destroy the whole city for the lack of five people? See, we turned it around. It's only five less than what you said before. If I find 45, I will not destroy it, the Lord said. Once again, he spoke to him. What if it's only 40 found there? And he said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, oh, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 are found there? He answered, I will not do it if we find 30 there. And Abraham said, well, now that I've been so bold to speak to the Lord, what if 20? He said, for the sake of 20, I won't destroy it. And then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. And as we know, there was not even 10. No. That was the number he was given. But was there, was there nine? Nine and a half? There was only three. Oh. Him, his kids, two, four. <laughs> four. And and three and a half, actually, because his wife turned to salt, remember? She right. turned around. So uh, this is now Genesis 32, 22, the story of Jacob wrestling with God. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons, 11 sons, wow, bro, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip wrenched. And as he wrestled with the man, the man said, let me go. It's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not go until you bless me. The man said, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Story of not giving up, right? Mm -hmm. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him right then and there. And Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. So he knew it was like a Christophany. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Wrestling for that long. That's a long time. That shows that perseverance, right? How we're supposed to all have that perseverance. Don't give up. Don't oh, wow. give up. I wrestled Failure. with a guy out there in Anaheim for like 15 minutes. You got exhausted. And it was exhausted. I even broke his arms. And he's still fighting me. And, and I was exhausted. <laughs> was he drunk? He was high. He was on uh, meth. I fed him. See? He didn't break my hip, though. So this is the fall of Jericho. Uh, off, and also a well-known story. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Hmm. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. He also told Moses to take off his sandals. And he appeared. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites, and no one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. 
When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. God ultimately gives us a victory. Yep. That's cool. Cool. Very cool. Daniel 3. Okay. I got it. This is you can do this, Snooks. I can do it. Hope you guys are enjoying this. We don't know if we lost all of our viewers, but this is God's word, folks. We're going to power through it. Daniel 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and six cubits wide, and wow. set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Okay. He was trying to imitate the Tower of Babel. Wow. He then summoned the satraps, perfects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come into the dedication of this image he had set up. So the satraps, perfects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all of the provincial officials assembled for the dedication of this image of King Nebuchadnezzar that he set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever doesn't fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and people of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some of his soldiers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews who we set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the men were brought before the king, and he said to them, is it true that you do not serve my gods and worship the image of gold I set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve will be able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So take that. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with them and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual <laughs> and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes and trousers and turbans and clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, wait, weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. Well, then look, I see four men walking in the fire unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, perfects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. 
They saw the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. And the king promoted them to the province of Babylon. Such good advice for us, right? I think this is what people think of in Africa and China and Iran and all these other countries where they die for their Lord. Mm -hmm. For even if you will throw this in the fire, we still not we still will not worship you. Isaiah 49, 16, see, I have engraved you in the palm of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Finally, Exodus 28, 29, whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart on the breastplate of decision as a continuing memorial before the Lord. Wow. That was some reading there, Snooze. Hope I did okay. <laughs> Cindy said she's enjoying the stories. Yay! Very good. Wow. I did it. You did. I did. Those are beautiful stories, folks. The beautiful events that God has put in the Bible for us to know. They're timeless. The stories of strength, of courage, of perseverance, of knowing that God fights the battles for us, that he preordained all of it. Nothing is too great. Nothing is. He shows up. He shows up and he shows off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and does it in such interesting ways right it's so cool um the like you were just saying just the you know having the the faith i was trying to think of another word but, but there isn't one but having the faith that you they're heating this fire to such a degree that it kills people that are even near it not you don't even have to go inside of it it'll kill you hey um and just being able to, to even talk because most people would be like, you know, no, screaming and no, no, no. And these guys go, well, you know what? It's okay. My God will take care of me. And then even if he doesn't, I'm still not going to do it. He'll take care of me in the next life. Yes. Like, just having such faith that you're just so calmly have this conversation so awesome. and seeing the flames and feeling the heat. Could you imagine you could feel the heat, I'm sure, just from, you know, 100 feet away. Just but uh, being and, able to do that with such with such uh, conviction. And those are the stories they say when they say, uh, especially even with the Muslims, when they go to stone them or hang them, they're like, mm -hmm. all you have to do is say that Jesus is not God and we'll set you free. And they look at them and they're like, no, hmm. such serenity and and tenacity. Uh, just no, I will not forsake my God for you. Right. Man, what man for whatever you threaten me with? One last little bit of reading. We'll just read what Jim has to say here, just because. Really? Yeah, it's uh, short. It's short. Come on, Schnucks. <laughs> One beautiful aspect of being a Christian is having the New Testament as a lens through which we may view the yes. and interpret the Old Testament. I love that part. Through that lens, we see Christ on every page. Yes. Not simply in the passages Spurgeon mentions today. For example. Genesis says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the New Testament tells us Jesus himself is the creator. 
Think of our sweet Savior as your creator as you consider these verses. Verses Colossians 1.16 that says, By him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. And then Hebrews 1.2, In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him, through whom he made the universe. That is awesome. So spectacular. See, it was worth it. And that God is the God who longs to meet yeah. us and fashioned us and gave us our, our calling and our gifts and our purpose. Right. Each and every one of us. I think that's the the biggest gift i mean so many gifts that god's given me so i hate that that's not even correct but one of the great gifts of uh my understanding of the power of the gospel uh is understanding that that no longer do i believe that it's just simply two books the old testament and the new testament like there was the right. old testament that had all these laws and it was written about you know all these great things that happened uh with god um and then there's Jesus. a New Testament, which is Jesus. It's Jesus's book. Because it sounds so disjointed that way. Yeah, but I, I never even I just figured there were two different books. Yeah. Like now we just and and I think in some cases we were even told, if I'm not mistaken, that you could almost forget about the That's Old replacement theology. Replacement theology. It has yes. a name. It does. People oh. who believe that that God's the New Testament has replaced the covenants and the promises of the Old Testament. But it's mm. absolutely not true. Jesus fulfills the covenants, the promises of the Old Testament. And the whole book is about Jesus. Wow. Such a different way. Both books. Both books are about Jesus. <laughs> That's incredible. So incredible. And um, this devotional specifically and those passages of the Bible we read are all about how Jesus couldn't wait to come to earth. And so he came earlier. Just every so often. Yeah. Come down and visit. Came down and visited. <laughs> We do, we do some cool stuff before I come down and do a really cool, cool thing. Exactly. <laughs> Forgive man for all of his sins, like the ultimate thing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to dabble in these areas, just kind of show my power and have a little fun yes. sitting in the fire with a couple of guys, a couple of dudes yep. who were um, true to, true to God, didn't give in. And then uh, a little bit later on, I'll come and I'll, uh, I'll preach. And they'll kill fun, me. And then they'll kill me. <laughs> Which also, uh, oh I, my gosh, such great, great stuff. Cindy says, sobering stories, the seriousness of our stances for God. Mm. Yes, amen. And he does show up. Absolutely. And shows off. <laughs> to God be all the glory. <sighs> all right. Wow, we did that all in 30 minutes too. Wow, look at that. <sighs> a little winded. So we, I just want to uh, give this, uh, I was going to say warning, but it's not a warning. It's just give you the in this bit of information that I am traveling tomorrow. So I, I yes. leave for Texas. I'll be out there in Texas. Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi is biblical, isn't it? Isn't Corpus Christi, doesn't that have something to do? I'm, I'm sure, but I don't know. <laughs> I love when you throw those singers at me. <laughs> Like, should I know the answer to this? I don't know. I love that. Um, but anyway, it's in Texas. Um, 
I uh, will be there until Tuesday. Yeah. Also, we may be able to broadcast Tuesday night. Oh, that'd be nice. Depending on how how hard I have to work when I'm out in Texas. Um, so yeah, so Sunday, Monday, you don't expect to uh, to hear from us in, in regard to the devotional. Right. Uh, but Tuesday, I'll be back. Um, anything else? I think that's it. Cindy's praying for you to have a safe trip. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'll be there working. Um, but yeah, always could use prayer for the the testimony that I give that it's, uh, you know, that it's, uh, it's going to glorify God that, you know, yes. that the truth is spoken and that I, um, you know, make him proud. Yes. That's like one of the, uh, one of the attorneys that uh, wrote back because the case settled as soon as he received Andy's report. And he said, you know, the importance of, he's like, you know, this is a, this is a win for our country because the integrity of the system matters because the next person in a car that's stopped and treated this way could be you or I. Mm -hmm. And I was like, exactly. I'm like, me and Andy say that all the time. The integrity of the system matters because the next time could be one of us, could be our child, could be our friends. Mm -hmm. it's, we, we have, the system has to, the, the laws have to be followed. Oh, well, Cindy doesn't know what kind of work you do. Oh, um, uh, just to make sure, you know, I was a police officer for the city of Anaheim, uh, for 21 years during that time I was a canine handler. And then I became the canine trainer, um, got lucky and got to uh, teach all over the world. Um, just based on my, um, my love of, of, of training dogs and training handlers and it just grew. And so with that, uh, I gained knowledge. I wrote a couple of scientific papers and books and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I got asked to uh, look at a couple of cases to see if the dog and the handler did what they were supposed to do. And, um, and based on, you know, the success in the times that I did that early on, uh, I became uh, fairly well known to uh, somebody to, to uh, be an expert witness in, in all kinds of police related cases that involve dogs. So whether it's detection dogs or um, cadaver, dogs. cadaver dogs or patrol dogs that now border that patrol dogs, border patrol dogs, finding illegal humans. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Apparently so. dogs can find illegal humans as they, opposed to legal humans. No, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> Some people would like to say that. And you may ask yourself, wait, can a dog tell the difference between somebody, a, a um, hidden illegal person and a unhidden legal person they, no. no they don't spell they don't smell different they don't smell different by the way folks. but um yeah so for about 30 years i've been doing this and um have spoken at events and that kind of stuff that what i was going to say before Hedia, before you asked you know what i did is that uh, quite honestly now i used to write all the reports mostly by myself but now Hedia and i write them together i want to tell you the truth <laughs> <laughs> I just put a little, I just put a little something, something on. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm all over the place. I, you know, anytime you see me or we mention I'm going out of town, it's usually doing that. Idaho, uh, South Carolina, New Jersey. I got cases in Baltimore, Baltimore, Oklahoma, uh, oh, Oklahoma, um, and a lot of Texas, Kansas, suddenly a lot in Texas, Kansas for the, for those. The illegal human cells smells. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a lot of these. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. This will be the, the, the big testimony um, 
this weekend is I've, and I've done it before. I've had a lot of cases with border patrol before. This is probably my seventh or eighth one, but they insist on trying to uh, convince the court that uh, uh, legal humans smell different than illegal humans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in their case, it's actually um, concealed humans smell different than visible humans. Yes. That's the other thing. Because like, if they're in the trunk, they're slightly more sweaty. Yeah, if they're sitting up in the in the driver's seat, they smell differently than somebody who's <laughs> lying down in the back seat. That one's concealed, and somehow it smells different. Uh, it's um, It really is kind of crazy. So uh, don't I don't understand. Um, Douglas liked that. Hey, Douglas, nice to see you. What's <laughs> happening? Uh, one of the restaurants that I was uh, made reservations for uh, your birthday uh -huh. was a recommendation from. Uh, oh, and, uh, we have to do that then. Yeah. Doug, every reservation I made, we had to cancel all, all throughout Southern California. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We made up for it. Right? Yeah, show me your necklace. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, City so says you probably do some of the behavior analysis stuff I did. Yay, Oklahoma! <laughs> yeah, she's a retired educator and behavior specialist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she wanted you to train her puppy in January. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, well, fly me out to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> All right, my uh, my lovely. What uh, what else we have? That's it. That's it. All right. You did a great job reading tonight. Thank you. Spectacular. A lot of uh, words from the Bible are not that easy. <laughs> must, Shadrach, Bijak, Mishrach, and Abednego. Must be that uh, the Persian background that helps you with some I of those words. I think so. Yeah. I struggle, as you can tell. Yeah. At least you learned to say my name. <laughs> that took a while. It did take a while. It did. Yeah. Like a few hours, actually. At All right. you don't call me Andy's wife. <laughs> A lot of people do. <laughs> All right, my friends. We love you guys. We'll see you in a couple of days. God bless you. And um, have a great rest of your weekend. Amen. Enjoy Jack's message tomorrow. Yes. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.